Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 73 for the 17th of April. So James, it's a cracking sunny day in uh, London today and here we are on the couch. Indeed. Uh, obviously I'm not on the couch with you. Um, on this would wag, but I'm down here in Southampton. Um, but it's equally couch. sunny here as well, yes. Mm, equally lovely. sunny and very nice indeed. I'm going to tell you, when, uh, when England gets the sun, it, it does it really well. Beautiful. Yeah, until you go Blue outside, skies. then it's very cold. It is but, cool. Uh, <laughs> but, but spring has nice. sprung. So. so what do we talk about on the couch? Well, we'll be talking about uh, kind of businessy stuff, technology, content delivery, mobile news, internet stuff, gaming, all sorts of stuff. Cool. Um, but here we are, and we have got a bit of news. Um, I thought I'd start off with a bit of kind of crypto news, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm obviously a, a bit of an expert on this. I get this newsletter um, from Bruce Schneier, who is mm-hmm. one of these kind of um, crypto gurus. I think he invented sort of blowfish algorithm or something like that. Uh, and it comes out with lots of it's a, it's a bit of security kind of stuff, and um, right. But it's pretty good for getting a sniff of what's hacked and what's not. And it brought to my attention this thing called Keylock, which mm-hmm. I'd never kind of heard of. But apparently, it's used by a lot of um, RF door opener things, whether that's on cars or in garages and mm. all this kind of stuff. Um, and apparently, it's been hacked, so people can basically sniff and do a key recovery and create clones or their own devices. Pretty trivially now, wow. which is uh, and by the sound of it, this uh, this encryption mechanism has been in like tens of millions of devices. Yes, uh, <laughs> which is you know <laughs> can be considered not good. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, they basically someone's uncovered the master key. I mean, most encryption stuff, as far as I know, seems to be hierarchical keys. So as long as you find, mm. you, you can dig deep, and if you get the master key, then you can derive all the other keys. They tend to use known algorithms. People don't hack the yes. algorithm; they tend to hack the the keys to discover the keys. So, um, mm. I mean, I, I can think. I mean, it, most people. My car's got one of these in. I think I noticed Toyota uses it. I've got a mm. Toyota Prius. Um, I've got a couple of electric garage door openers. <laughs> um, so, by the sound of it, you can uh, listen in to the the basically the encrypted conversation, mm. recover the keys, and then. Get into the car yourself, I presume, understanding yeah, then car what the keys or are. house or whatever. Um, um, I think the uh, the best use of it, it seems that uh, because of this, the way that the the keys hop around, you can then have a chat with the uh, the receiving device and mm-hmm. get it to skip a few keys or something, and then you, <laughs> you basically lock the person out of their car yeah. or house or garage. You can get in, and they can't. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's quite. Um Interesting. I've heard lots of other things about car door openers where there's some rumor that you can, if you've forgotten your opener, you can get someone to hit the button and use a mobile phone to transmit it, which I think is just completely bogus. I mean, that has got to be bogus. I mean, <laughs> <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this sounds uh, reasonably plausible. plausible like uh, there was some uh, university professors at uh, university in Germany who mm. had nothing better to do than crack their. Car opener. Maybe they got locked out and decided yeah, to do something about why it. Why students have been employed to do this for professors, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I guess that's what they call kind of public peer review, I suppose. You know, it's, uh, well, I know, but uh, I mean, obviously, it's. Uh, I was kind kind of puzzling over once they've cracked it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a sort of public service. It's. Uh, you know, you'd think they'd go to Microchip or the, the company that actually make Keylock and say, look, guys, you know, we found flaws in your algorithms. Mm. Uh, but I guess. 
it means that, you know, at least if they can do it, then presumably someone else with the same sort of expertise could do it. Well, it's probably only uh, something that, you know, if you're a decent um, security services, maybe it was a backdoor the security services made them put in there the whole time, mm. you know. So mm. anyone can get in, like the master key is always the uh, yep. you know, the skeleton key in the hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. Uh, so, all so these things just, that we uh, thought were secure. Yeah, so you can no longer sleep at night. Hmm. Someone could be stealing your car right now. <laughs> or all your, all your worldly possessions at home. Um, <laughs> or both. Um, content delivery. Now, we had a little chat about this, didn't we? The um, big numbers in the US for internet videos. Yeah, I guess there's two interesting things here. The first is that they're actually measuring them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly that uh, there were 10 billion internet videos viewed in the US in February. How are they measuring them then, Ian? Is this they're paying students to count them or...? <laughs> well, I presume if it's like uh, if it's like any of these, uh, you know, Nielsen things that uh, uh-huh. they've got a proportion of people and then they're multiplied by the first number they thought of and ended up with how many, you know, people they think they've mm-hmm. watched it. But ten billion internet videos. What what's the kind of average length of that, and what is it? Well, any ideas? Uh, I think they, uh, the average video clip was about two point seven minutes for February. Yeah. So uh, we we back of my envelope here. Scribble, scribble, scribble. That's about uh, a lot of hours. I think it's about 55 million hours. Yeah. So and I think Pop Idol, is American Idol, sorry, is viewed by about 30 million people. So mm-hmm. it's about the same as, and I think that lasts about an hour. Okay. Um, so it's about the same as one and a half Pop Idols. Uh, yes. A couple, mm. of, couple of big shows. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, it seems like a much smaller number than when yeah. you start with 10 million sounds <laughs> like a big well, number. Well, exactly. But, uh, I think you've got to put these things in context. So I don't know what the ad revenue for one and a half, um, you know, one and a half pop idols is, but it's probably pretty huge. Mm. Um, I did also see that YouTube had paid out its first uh, million dollars in ad revenue, apparently. Oh, right. Um, but That's not I mean, bad. It's not bad, but how many how many billion internet videos are served by <laughs> YouTube? I mean, it's a pretty well. They they served up three point six billion videos out of that ten billion. So yeah, so, you, you know, know <laughs> it's not very many cents. Spread about, is it? <laughs> that's not much, is it? <laughs> anyway, but it shows that it's the numbers are rising up there, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably internet video minutes or hours that's probably going to be more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the thing about that, someone was watching all of those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you know, probably to find out who was watching them. Um, yep, indeed. And I guess, uh, you know, the, all you need to do is whack a, a, an ad on the occasional video out of those 10 billion. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, definitely something, so definitely money to be made there. Yeah. Well, the, the old history of dance or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so the other stuff happening in content delivery in terms of who's delivering content and how. Yeah, is, I mean... Uh, in Tesco's with a big uh, kind of well, general retailer here in the UK who has some mm-hmm. disastrously huge high of all retail sales. Like mm. in the, the high teens percentage of all retail sales in the UK go through Tesco's is uh, decided to launch a DRM free MP3 store. Um, and I guess that might be applicable in the US as well because they've got their fresh and easy stores over there. That's right, yes. Um, I guess they must have announced this as part of their annual results um, this week. Mm-hmm. Um I also heard that Amazon, you know, Amazon had the DRM free thing, but they're not really, they're not making much of a dent in the progress of iTunes. Um, That's interesting. So they've actually expanded the pie rather than 
Yeah, I guess so. Over from or, iTunes. or it would seem that way. Um, I guess iTunes keeps getting more new users coming to it because of the draw of you buy an iPod, mm. the iPod phenomenon. So maybe people are leaking away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the pie is clearly getting bigger. Um, Tesco's, it remains to be seen. I guess the pricing is going to be key. There hasn't been any pricing announcement. And we talked about Play.com in the UK doing this as well. And yes. undercutting um, iTunes, um, which... I think Play.com is based in the Channel Islands or something where they don't have to pay for VAT. So I think the dip, ah, I that's see. maybe why they're a bit cheaper mm-hmm. because there's no VAT. So Tesco's, I guess, would uh, be in a similar boat. Um, I mean, the, the problem with all these uh, offerings is that they generally don't have a lot of content. In this case, though, Tesco Digital will offer 3.3 million songs with film, TV show, and game downloads also expected mm. to be made available. So yeah. it's very interesting that if they're doing video content uh, without DRM. Well, it's reasonable to sort of think that if Walmart is regarded as one of the largest content um, retailers in the US due to its retail presence, Mm. in the UK, Tesco must be one of the largest content retailers. Because, I mean, Tesco has about twice the market share that Walmart enjoys in the US. Mm. Walmart's in the kind of 8% of retail spend, I think. So, um, you know, Tesco's could, could potentially clean up here, although I'm not sure... Many people, it's just it's the convenience of supermarket shopping. They are they can't everywhere. Keep us it's out. True. Um, other stuff I came across was um, well, there was some wacky story about Universal Pictures saying we'll sell you movies for iPods, but as long as nobody can upload pirated stuff onto the iPod. How are they going to make that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just an excuse to come off iTunes. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I also heard Universal's launching their first Blu-ray titles later this year. Uh-huh. They were the one of the few HD DVD only yeah. uh, movie houses. Uh, so they're launching about 40 titles, apparently, wow. later on this year on Blu-ray. Yeah, I had a look in um, Walmart over here, the Asda lunchtime here, and uh, there were some I saw close encounters of the third kind on Blu-rays going for £12. Bargain. Three-disc edition, you know. Three disc edition, yeah, 1080p. That's all Monty didn't buy it, mind you. <laughs> that would be great. And though. they're still trying to sell HD DVD discs there as well. Um, mm. And I've seen. Well, I mean, there's still a market. There's like a hundred players, players <laughs> <laughs> out there. <laughs> and I think uh, some others. I think Samsung or LG. One of them had announced they were going to sell a Blu-ray player that also did HD DVDs. So I guess right. if someone wants to retire their their player, but mm. obviously they've already bought all the discs. I mean, when I was in the US and having a look in the actual, you know, in a Best Buy or a Circuit yeah. City, they, they had plenty of HD DVD content there compared with Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, but Was it discounted or? Mm, uh, well, I mean, this is just before they actually, right. uh, HD DVD bit the dust, but uh, <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay, so. Um, um, other content, it's not really kind of content, but interactive ads, this company called Reactrix. Which um, I know you haven't had a chance to look at it, but they've got some pretty cool kind of interactive ad formats for uh, outdoor advertising. So, all right. So, what would you do? Well, one example was I think they were advertising a, a soccer match or something, and basically, the it's I presume it's top-down projection of right. like a football pitch with a big with a soccer ball on it that you can kick around. Obviously, it's not real. So you right. can basically it's got I guess image or gesture recognition and you can move things around and paint stuff and, um, mm. and they were just saying that this is a very good format of advertising and uh, obviously probably in, more in shopping malls and things like that where I guess it's a controlled environment yes. 
And they're saying the, the recall for people who remember these ads uh-huh. is, is really good because you've interacted well, that makes sense. with it. Interestingly enough, I was in a, uh, a supermarket in, uh, just outside of Moscow mm-hmm. a little while ago, and they had one of these very things where there was this overhead projection thing onto the ground, you know, onto the, floor, the shop floor, and as you walked past, you could, um, you obviously walked over the projection mm. and I didn't get the point of it at first until I came back and saw there was like a young boy playing on it and if you move your hands in the right way you could actually push shapes around on the actual yeah that's kind of what I've seen so maybe this is the same TV outfit. yeah hmm very cool I mean anything that gets you spending more time thinking about a particular brand is going to yeah. Yeah, you know, increase or your recall. So. releasing a few endorphins relating to the brand. To give you a bit of pleasure. Kind of like rats on a thing hitting the treadmill to get the, the movie snacks, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> if you get pleasure, you're going to remember. Uh-huh, I see. We are but animals inside. So, speaking of pleasure, yes. we move on to our... <laughs> <laughs> the iPhone topic. Oh, the link, right. Um, have you got one yet, Ian? Well, you know, th- this is the interesting thing. Just as of yesterday, uh, O2 has slashed the prices of the iPhone in the U- in the UK yeah. down to £169 mm-hmm. uh, for the 8 gig model, which, you know, to be honest, if, uh, if this had happened <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I was buying my new Samsung phone, I probably would have just gone and bought an iPhone. Cause, Can you uh, go in and just buy one from O2 and then just go and hack it and use someone else? Uh, that's a good point. They'd probably make you sign a contract for 1000 I don't know, because you have to activate it at home on your iTunes thing. I mean, I don't know quite how it works, but um, okay, maybe it's. Uh, mm. but so that's Still, that's you know, you know dropping if the you're price around. One hundred and sixty nine is a pretty compelling price for an iPhone. Yeah, with the the unlimited data plan as well, which is mm. attractive. Um, so that's a bit of iTunes. I've also downloaded um, a Voice over IP client from Fring for my phone. Which oh, so you out. downloaded it? What was it like? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, I think it, it's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it did seem yes. to log in and get all my Skype names and all this kind of stuff, so, uh, mm-hmm. which was surprising. I haven't managed to make any calls yet, um, but it uses your, it'll use your Skype out account yeah, uh, right. to make calls outward, and you can, you can allegedly Skype people by just you know, clicking on them and uh, integrates with AOL. Um, not all things are voice chat, but uh, right. I'll, I'll see how it goes. It did seem to mess up the volume on my device, but mm-hmm. it could have been something else I was doing. Because um, that would be very cool if you get VoIP going on the iPhone. That would be just yeah, it, it, I mean, fantastic. I managed to call the sort of the, the test spring line. test services, and that seemed to, you know, okay. recorded me and I could hear it. It wasn't the best quality, but then that's VoIP view, isn't it? So. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And you found a thing about someone's done a, a graffiti sort of handwriting recognition thing for the iPhone. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's got a touch-sensitive screen, and someone's decided that it would be a good idea if you could actually write. draw on it and... Mm. Right with it. Mm. I don't know if you remember uh, graffiti, the the system that the was used on the palm. I've still got a palm in my bottom drawer. There we go. <laughs> Which uh, uses uses a couple of strokes per character yeah. to kind of. You had to learn how to write again. That was the uh, yeah, basically. But it's all pretty easy. I mean, I had a a palm back at the beginning of the palm days. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, apparently this is they originally designed it for Chinese characters and then. Yeah. Presumably made it a whole lot easier by tweaking it for English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's yeah. probably all kind of built into the uh, the iPhone uh, developer kit as well. Actually, I've I've been playing around with the um, Mac developer kit, so I hope you have a bit more time to 
Yeah, mm. so doing instead of command line utilities, doing user interfaces. Exciting. So cool. All that to look forward to. Hello world, slide here. I can see it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. But that's that's been well, uh, following on from our complete topic of iPhone news. Mm-hmm. The rumours are that uh, the Australians are going to go straight to the 3G iPhone when it's released in June. Apparently, there. And you've got a story here about someone finding a, an unlocked 3G one. What's that about? Yeah, so it'll be a 3G iPhone unlocked. Uh, able to move between networks, just change SIM card. I guess that would but, make uh, sense because it's such a small market in Australia, relatively speaking. Exactly. So if you tie us up, how many networks are there in Australia? Uh, there's about three on 3G. Uh, there's about one on 3G. <laughs> okay, so that's not good. Uh, no, that's not true. Telstra's got their own 3G network mm-hmm. now, so there's two. Uh, and in Telstra, in Australia, Telstra is the only one with an edge network. Right at all, so mm. uh, you know. It, I mean, if you don't have edge, then you're onto pure GPRS, which is truly awful. Yeah. Uh, so no one's going to do that with the iPhone. So I guess that explains why they'd want to go to 3G directly. Otherwise, the experience would just be too poor. I think. Mm. Indeed. Well, there's still a few, um, few, well, a couple of months to go, really, or at least six weeks, because you know, I think Apple said June is when the, the version two comes out, and that's probably going to debut with the 3G. You would think so. And Asia so hasn't had one yet, so. Yeah, I mean, the fact that O2 have dropped their prices, mm-hmm. uh, you've got all these rumours about June when we're coming out with a 3G iPhone. I think it's pretty much on the cards. So Yeah, yeah, and I guess the inventory is going to be up there for the existing products. That we've got to yeah, you want to get rid of all those dodgy old version 1 iPhones. Mm. Looking forward to getting my 3G one. Yes, then I'll have to upgrade. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's enough kind of iPhone news. Um so what's this about free SMS on the web? Well, I mean, this is supposed to be a kind of... A, I got picked this up from a kind of an Indian um, news source I, I look at. Um, it's called Jack's mm-hmm. PR. I didn't manage to get past the sort of login page, but alleged, it said you could send SMSs all the way around the world for free, and you didn't have to register, but I didn't quite get beyond that, so I could look into that. But it, it seems mm-hmm. to be yet another one of these, you know, join our service, sign up, you get something for free, but you can also buy minutes to, to Skype out or... Right. Um, you know, a voice set up a voicemail box or something like this. Okay, so it's www.jaxtr.com. Yeah, another VoIP portal or SIP portal or mm. SIP to SMS or IMS or all these kinds of things. It's all on. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. I have I mean, I, I've just upgraded my PS3 with a new 2.3 firmware, I think, which puts the, the PSP store, PS3 store, sorry, native onto the box rather than being an entirely web-based service. Well, I think me and uh, however many other million PS3 owners downloaded it last night, the store Mm. was taking a bit of a beating because although the the kind of application framework is is a native app, uh, Mm -hmm. all the metadata, so the the icons and the stuff, is obviously downloaded on the fly. Yeah. And that was uh, a little bit slow, let's say. Um, So Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually see what was in the store. Um. But it did. And is there things that you'd actually buy? Like, I mean, this is kind of like Xbox Live marketplace. Uh, yeah, it? there's um, game expansion packs. You can buy full games. You can download trials. There are videos. Uh, they're allegedly going to be having uh, full-length feature videos, but currently they're just sort of gameplay videos and things like that. Um, That's cool. And you can download games um, in advance of the release date, but I think they, the last final chunk is delivered on the release date, so you can have it as soon as it's released. Mm. Um, which is it good. sounds cool. 
Um, I mean, this is the PS3 finally getting to the point of being an actual entertainment portal. Yeah, but still no home. So when's it coming in? Well, the rumours have it that, uh, in fact, it's uh, suffered from uh, suffered from its own popularity, I, I guess, is uh, <laughs> the fundamental problem. I mean, they released it at, uh, well, they talked about it at the Games Developers Conference last year. Yeah. So it's been over a year now. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is once everyone kind of got the idea that this was a very cool thing, and had a had a few issues with uh, major feature creep. Everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, you know what else we could do this with it and add this yeah, engine and scalability, and course, presumably. Uh, and- yeah, and that's. I mean, originally it was just designed as a as a place where you could go meet your friends mm. and decide you wanted to play game X, and you'd both go off and play game X. Yeah, you know, yeah. launched automatically from there. And you know, home as in a place where you meet people and have a chat, and then go and play a game. Wasn't there some cool game as well with kind of little balls that jumped around everywhere? Or was that my? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it, it's uh, they've tried to stuff more and more things in it, so it's been taking longer and longer. Right. And obviously, with something that's going to get so much attention, you need to get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, as soon as you add a new feature, you have to retest everything all again. Uh, so it's it's not looking like it's going to pop out anytime soon. What about any news on the the Play TV thing? This, uh, the USB. TVBT attachment. No, no, I haven't heard anything I'm sure about that. that was supposed I'll... to be out mid-March. Um, yeah. yeah, that was meant to be March, wasn't it? I'll have to check out on my source and yeah, see what uh, yeah. they've got to say about it. But that's obviously a UK-only thing, so I guess the market's relatively small. But, uh, True. Let us see. But still, it would be very cool. It would be, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that behaves and how that looks. Hmm. You've got a... Something I discovered about uh, what they're doing with the PSP, though, yeah. is that at the Arsenal... Stadium. It's not the Arsenal Stadium, it's the Emirates Stadium. The Emirates Stadium, yep. Uh, You can sit there and watch the soccer on your PSP. How does that work? This is very cool. Presumably it connects via Wi-Fi and you can actually watch the videos on your PSP. In a local node, presumably, somehow. I guess you can, yeah, you watch replays and and see, you know, rewind the match as you're there. Uh, That would be quite neat. I guess they must have... um Arsenal TV anyway, so they've got all the cameras there for uh, their own TV yeah. channel. Um, so it wouldn't be too hard to do a bit of, you know, live encoding and then... Mm. And test, so basically there is a bit of encoding, so there's a one or two second lag in transmission. So test, right. And it tests indicated fans would pay for the service and appreciated being able to review action on the handheld devices seconds after it actually occurred. So I guess you can watch the goal live and then bang, you can go down and see it happen again instantaneously. Mm, you can um, tell the ref when he was actually wrong, and it sounds good. Yeah, and they're trying to see if we could do something for the 2010. I guess it comes down to any handheld device, but the PSP is fairly handy because mm. it's got a, a decent screen you can see outside. And um, mm. bad. Very they've got cool. too much money these uh, soccer clubs, Danny. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, have you got uh, you got yourself a copy of Rock Band yet, James? I haven't. I mean, you're the musical wizard, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, every every person I talk to is is either playing Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Yeah. I feel a bit left out, actually. You haven't got a There's Guitar Hero set up or anything like that? No, but I'm going to have to, I think, for my Wii, because... Uh, of course, yeah. It looks like a very good party game. I have a, dedi- I mean, I have I was... a dedicated PS2 version of Guitar Hero with two guitars. I, c- I <laughs> could lend it to you. Like, it's the only game you've got. Well, it is the only game I've ever played on my PS2, so... <laughs> and it doesn't work with the PS3, it's not sort of upwards compatible. Oh, um, no. I could lend it to you. It's in a kind of guitar bag. It looks quite cool. Um, Why not? That'd yeah, be great. You can try before I was actually you buy. At a <laughs> I was actually at a neighbour's uh, birthday party uh-huh. 
last night and uh, they had some motorcycle game that people were playing. I was just thinking, this would be much more fun if we were all playing you know, Guitar Hero. Is that Wii Kart, Mario, Mario Kart or something? That's supposed to be a new game no, out I've, with them. I've had a look at that. It's, it's just... Uh, I couldn't bring myself to actually buy the thing with the wheel, but everyone says it's a great game. Doesn't it game. come free with the wheel, the game, or one wheel? It does anyway. come free with the wheel, yep. but, yeah. I just can't imagine myself doing that. But apparently the people actually playing it think that, it, you know, it actually adds to the realism. You've got a wheel in your hand and you're driving yeah. around. Fantastic. Have you, did you, um, what's the other, the other classic um, Wii game where you've got to do lots of different things and hold the controller in many different ways? Uh, like WarioWare or something it's called WarioWare yeah, yeah. And that, I mean you do a bit of driving in that but it's a bit more complicated than that so. right I mean WarioWare I think makes a lot more sense after a couple of drinks yeah but it's not too many because you have to do it very very quickly so. <laughs> yeah that's right um, <laughs> so we had a bit of rock bandy kind of news that apparently Motley Crue um, mm-hmm. famed for such hits as Shout of the Devil um, and uh, <laughs> Dr. Feelgood are releasing, uh, or pre-releasing, I suppose, because they're releasing an album. Um, but the first uh, single from the, the group's album, called uh, the single called Saints of Los Angeles, will be available on the Xbox Live mar- Marketplace and the PlayStation Store for Rock Band as a sort of an add-on pack, I suppose. Wow. 99 cents. So that's the first time the first song has been released in a game. In game environment, but is, but isn't this kind of like back the front? Like, isn't isn't half the fun of rock band and these sort of things? You know, he's playing songs that you really like. I mean, if you've never heard it before, it's like it's a you don't PR even know what to do, front, isn't it? At the end of the day, ah yes, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. If you've never heard it, but if you're into Motley Crue, why not? So that's it. So if you've got any news stories, views, um, do let us know. You can contact us at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks for listening. Do uh, tell your friends. Go to the website, www.onthecouchpodcast.com. Write us a review on iTunes. And uh, if nothing else, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye from me, James. And bye from me, Ian. <laughs>